Okay, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to the podcast, episode 139 of One Before I Die. It has been a while, honestly, since we've sat down and, and Ethan and I both here recording an episode. I feel like what it's been the we had four weeks ago. I think we took a break. We had something going on, did a podcast, took another break. And then last week, it was just me solo. Ethan wasn't there. So it's been two weeks, I think, since a podcast has been recorded here with both Ethan and I. So um, getting back on track here, as I said last week, I mean, with the summer coming along, not as much current events going on with the Sabres and the Bills. Um, so, you know, as I said last week, I'll say it again, you know, hit us up for different topics on snake drafts, different topics on anything like that that you want us to talk about, just fun hypotheticals, um, anything like that, hit us up. Um, but it is the first time I feel like in a while that we've been here sitting down and, you know, both of us back on the podcast. So I guess we'll start it right there with Ethan. How you doing? How you been over the past couple of weeks? You haven't been on here. <laughs> Pretty good, man. Hanging in there. Good to be back. I did get a lot of flack from some of my buddies last week that during your solo job, like I was too good to join or whatever, but I had to take care of some business, some, some personal stuff. And now I'm back better than ever. <laughs> yeah, I did. Well, I did. I did give a shout out on the podcast last week. I said it is your fiance's birthday. So, I, you know, I'd cut you some slack there it was, you know, it's kind of hard to get off the hook on that saying you have to record a podcast in the middle of that. So, yeah. um, cut you some slack there, but also wearing a nice sweatshirt. I see. Yeah. Merch came in looking good. Yep. So as I said last week, I'll say it one more time. Thank you to everybody who did end up buying some merch. It is still live on the website, but thank you for everybody who did buy some during the, the, uh, the promotional period of donating those funds to the Buffalo together fund. Um, we still are in talks with Dave, obviously from built in Buffalo, who's going to send us over, um, all the proceeds and we'll get that donated. So we thank you guys once again for anybody who did purchase the merchandise. Um, but anyway, let's get into this episode. It's not going to be a, a completely loaded one or, or, you know, long one here. Um, as you can tell, uh, just, uh, like I said, the uh, hasn't been much going on really with the bills and the Sabres. I, I think last week, um, when I did it solo, there was actually a decent amount of things to talk about for the time of year. Um, especially with the, you know, the announcement of Brian Miller's Jersey retirement that I talked about. Um, there was like that little mini cap with the bills with Jordan Poyer deciding to show up for mandatory mini camp that I, I hit on a little bit. Um, you know, the Ben Bishop trade. So there was kind of a, a few nuggets last week that we were lucky enough to talk about. Obviously I, I was only here to do it solo. So Ethan didn't get to weigh in. Maybe I'll ask him about um, the, the Ryan Miller Jersey retirement specifically. He can maybe chime in at the end of the episode if he wants to talk about that, because I think, as I said last week too, you know, he's a little bit older than me. He probably remembers those teams a little bit more than me. Um, but yeah, in terms of this week, I mean, nothing really happened. Um, it's, it's the summer. And so I think we're going to kind of get it going here with a little bit of a hypothetical question. Um, maybe taper off into something else. If something else comes up, the, the Stanley cup playoffs obviously are coming to an end here. So the, the finals are going on those started this past week. So maybe we'll rehash what we had for our predictions. Um, at the beginning of the playoffs, because I know that Ethan, I mean, he kind of nailed it on the head so far. Um, but Shout out to me. Going, yeah, that's, so that's going on, and, and that's coming to an end soon. Um, but that's kind of it. I mean, r there's nothing really else going on that we're, I think we're going to talk about today. We'll just do, have a little fun with it, a little hypothetical, um, and then we'll keep it moving. So does that, does that sound good over there? Nothing else really going on, right, Eve? Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. All right, so I think the hypothetical question we're going to be doing today, and this is something that – 
our dad texted us the other night. Um, he's always coming up with different little things. And that's how most hypotheticals stem yeah. on this podcast. <laughs> it's just him late night, just thinking about <laughs> something that he shoots a text off. He, well, he thinks he has like sick hypothetical questions and he'll always ask me if we're sitting on the couch, he'll ask me something and he'll be like, you guys should talk about that on the podcast. And he thinks he's like the producer behind the scenes. Um, which I guess, you know, like you said, most of them do come from him. So I guess he is kind of, you know, producing most of those questions anyway. So I guess shout out to him. I mean, I give him credit for the happy father's day, right? Little late happy father's (laughs) day right there. Yeah. It's a little suiting. We're doing a, uh, a dad hypothetical, you know, a couple of days after father's day here, but I mean, I will, I will give him credit for the hypotheticals. He usually has some good ones that spark some conversation, but he also always thinks that he, his answer is the only right one when yeah. he shoots off these hypotheticals. And like, if we answer differently, he's like, no, you're wrong. Like, yeah, uh, I mean, well, that's the thing he loves asking, but then if you have a different opinion than him, then he's, gonna say you're wrong but it's like then why'd you ask in the first place if you (laughs) if you aren't gonna like my answer anyway um it's his style but anyway the hypothetical question for this week that he asked this past week was what do you think has a better probability of happening and obviously this is a buffalo sports podcast we'll add in the third element of it as well because i think it makes the, the conversation a little bit more interesting and exciting we're also big new york mets fans so what he asked us was what do you think has the best probability of happening over the next year or so obviously the baseball season's going on right now the hockey season will be coming up in the fall as well as the football season so what do you think has the best probability of happening out of these three things rank them in order from one to three the bills winning the super bowl the mets winning the world series or the sabers making the playoffs so that's the three what do you think has the most you know what's most likely going to happen what's least likely going to happen um we had our answers. You want to take it away first and, and kind of go with what you have. I, I got to look up what I said. I think I remember, but I just want to make sure I don't double cross here. So do you want yeah. to go ahead first with what you think in, in this hypothetical scenario? Yeah, I'm pulling up my answer too, because I feel like I'm going to do the same thing, but um, right, I have mine here, I guess. So I'll just go. No, I, I got it too. Okay. Go ahead. <laughs> Actually, go ahead. I can't find it. Okay, yeah, this is what I remember of it, and this is what I think. So I said the biggest chance of happening is the Mets winning the World Series, then the Bills winning the Super Bowl, and the and I think the least likely thing is the Sabres making the playoffs. And so it might be, I don't know, maybe for people listening, you might think that's crazy that the last thing that I think is, the, the, the I think the least likely thing that's going to happen is for a team to just make the playoffs and the other two above that are for the teams to win the championships of the league, which is obviously very, very hard. Um, but I still, I think where I was coming at here is that I think that the Mets is, uh, and why I think they're the, at the top of the, the list for most likely to happen is I think that if they make the playoffs, which right now they're, you know, and this is, and this is counting like where they are right at right now. They're, you know, 20 games over 500 first in their division. They're probably going to make the playoffs, whether it's a, the first in the NL East or as a wildcard team. I think they actually in the MLB upped it this year to three wildcard teams mm-hmm. as opposed to only two. So there's, you know, unless they have a complete drastic drop off, which yeah, I get it. It's the Mets, but I mean, they're probably going to make the playoffs and once you make the playoffs in baseball, I think the biggest thing comes down to pitching and I'm not going to get you know too far into the baseball talk here, but I mean, you get DeGrom and Scherzer back. Baseball is very weird where if you make the playoffs, you can go on a run if you have good pitching. And I think 
I don't know. I, I think it's a lot easier to make a run in a sport like baseball when you have a team set up like the Mets are right now. So I had them at the top. The Bills winning the Super Bowl, you know, again, another winning the championship. You know, Bills haven't won the Super Bowl ever. You know, they lost four in a row. Like, it's a big milestone here. Very hard to do. But, I mean, they're widely regarded as the best team in football. The past two years, they've been knocking on the door, right? They went to the AFC Championship and were 13 seconds away from going to the AFC Championship again. Like, they're basically two, three wins away from doing it all, winning the Super Bowl. I think right now is their window where they have the best quarterback in the league. Some might say everything's kind of lining up. The Sabres, on the other hand, it's still – like as much as we love to say that the Sabres are in the right direction, which they are, and I'm not, I'm not saying they're not. And, but as much as the, the back half of this last year was so encouraging, we, we sometimes do have to step back and look at it from a bird's eye view. We still are in a rebuild. Like we can't, we can't forget that. We've talked about this many times where it's like us as fans have to be patient about, you know, doing it right this time. And as, as opposed to trying to make all these crazy moves, like we did with Eichel when he was on the team and do all these crazy stuff with bringing in Taylor Hall and stall. And it's just an absolute gong show. Like we have to be patient as fans. We're still in that mode right now where it's like, if we make the playoffs next year, like that would be a very rapid, rapid, unexpected. I think for many people, um, many people's eyes to for us to make the playoffs. I think we'd be very pleasantly excited with that. We're just looking for a little bit of increase, a little bit of, um, you know, doing better year in, year out. I still think we are like, we can't, we can't forget. We still are in the middle of the rebuild. And I would argue that us not making the playoffs in hockey when eight teams make it every year in 10 years is almost equivalent to the bills, like never winning a Super Bowl. It's like, so if, if, if people are saying, well, it's like, yeah, the Sabres haven't made the playoffs in 10 years, but the Bills have never won a Super Bowl. How are you going to put the playoffs below that? Uh, those are like equivalent to me. Like them not making the playoffs in 10 years is like just as bad as anything, you know, in the drought era or whatever that is. So we still have to step back. We still have to realize the Sabres are in a rebuild. Do I think they have a chance to make the playoffs? Sure. But I mean, it's still like they weren't really close last year. Like let's not act like just because they had a great run at the second half of the year last year that they were they were close. It was those eight teams in the Eastern Conference 20 points ahead of the Sabres. Like, what are they just going to, like, drastically jump 20 points now? I get other teams like the Bruins maybe be taking a step back, but it's still, you know, that patience that needs to creep in that I'm put, like I'm setting up in myself here that it's like we still have to be patient here. We're still kind of in a rebuild here. It's not all going to click, you know, just like that. I mean, we're literally fighting to hit the cap floor. We're, we're, we're putting ourselves in a position to be able to rebuild and pay a lot of people over the next five years. Like, we're just not there yet. So that's why – my rankings are Mets winning a World Series, Bills winning a Super Bowl, and then Sabres making the playoffs. I just think if you think about it logically and you break down each one of them, you know, that's where I'm at. So that's my rankings. Ethan, you go ahead with yours. I forgot what yours were, so I'm interested to hear what you got to say. Yeah, I I have a little different take on it. My rankings were, I think number one uh, is Bills winning the Super Bowl. Um, my take on it is... Out of those three teams, the Bills are the best in their league right now. Oh, wait, real quick before – sorry, I don't want to cut you off, but I just – now that you said that, I had one more – because you're putting Bills at one, I had one more reason why I'm going to put the Mets above the Bills. I'll say that real quick. And it does allude to what I said about the pitching, and it's also football is one and done, right? Anything can happen. Anything can happen in one game. In baseball, at least you got series still. Same with hockey. You got series in baseball. You got a a star-studded – pitching lineup like the Grom Scherzer 
even Bassett's a pretty good number three. And you're, you know, over a series of time, DeGrom and Scherzer, you're facing them twice in a seven-game series. Like, that's why I edged the Bills, or sorry, the Mets over the Bills. So I just wanted to, you know, throw that in before you keep going. Yeah, I, I know what you're saying there, but on the on the flip side of that too, you play less games in the NFL to get to this championship. And in the same yep. vein where you're talking about having a sick rotation carrying you, in the NFL, you get a quarterback that's unstoppable. You you know what happens there. So I I, I would say I trust Josh Allen over any other player that's on any of those teams right now to win a championship. And I know the Mets are playing awesome. And I know this isn't a Mets podcast, so people are like, all right, cut it with the Mets. But my well, reason... Yeah, they're part of the hypothetical, though. <laughs> my reasoning with the Mets is they haven't done enough to show me... To, to like put my trust in them. That's why, so I'm moving along from that. I have Bills at one because I trust Josh Allen. I think it's, um, I get what you're saying, one and done. Like you could have a bad game and be done, but. We could have a 13 flip, second scenario with an unstoppable quarterback. Yeah, but I'm also taking into account that we've beefed up our defense a little bit. We've had a big off season. Josh Allen's only going to get better. The team is hungry. I mean, they're the favorite to win. So it's now or never for the bills at this point. So, I mean, like if I'm not going to put them one now, like when would I ever put them one? Um, and yeah, I just think, I just think they're, they're the most likely to get it done right now. And then my second is actually the Sabres making the playoffs. And then my third is Mets winning the world series mm. to start to, to go on uh, my reasoning here. The Mets at three, the Mets have had a great first half of the season and yeah, they've done it without DeGrom for the entire year. And then Scherzer got hurt pretty quickly into the season. So they've been, you know, steadily winning baseball games without their two best pitchers, probably two best pitchers in the, in the whole national league. Um, but this team is just baseball. So finicky where I just feel like, I, I, I don't know. We're just a couple injuries away. The, the, like the Mets, I, I can't get hyped up and get on the train about the Mets until it's August or September because I've we've seen this story too many times with the Mets where they start really hot, they look great on the first half of the season, and then it's a complete train wreck on the back end, and they but end up you, missing the playoffs. Do, would you agree? And, would you agree though that it would be a pretty even more like more than just a Mets like catastrophic collapse for them to miss the playoffs as a wild like as a wild card as well? Yeah. Oh, it would, it would take. I mean. You're looking at you. You look at the standings right now. I mean, I think they have a pretty healthy lead um, against the wild card teams. I don't know. I could be wrong. Right. But. So that's what I was going at. Is that if they slip in, like you and like you said, baseball is very finicky. That's almost almost why I put it over the Bills because it's almost finicky in a point where it's like, I don't know, like you like the Mets just like randomly can go on. Around. It's almost like a 2015 vibes. They sneak in and they can just like go on a run and and sure. yeah, but have, I, to have the best team like. But that was just – it shows you how much of an anomaly that that season was where it's like they made the they made the World Series in 2015, and then what have they done since then? They've they, I think they made the playoffs one other time. And so it's just I, – I can't trust this team at this point. There's no way I know that DeGrom's even going to be back for this year. Like I could see him like being getting shut down for the season if nothing goes right. So you trust I, the Sabres, though, more? So then here's my point on why yeah, so the going Sabres in front. Because the hypothetical wasn't the Mets making the playoffs versus the series. It's the Mets winning the World Series. Mm -hmm. So, like, I could still see the Mets making the playoffs 
if the ground doesn't even come back, if they keep doing what they're doing, like, but they're not winning a world series without him and Scherzer. Like that's I'm like the Dodgers are too good. The Braves are too, like there's so many other good teams that have good play. I know the Mets are good, but I mean, if you can't do it without your two best pitchers, that's I just, agree. that's just a, a tall task. Make the I, agree, but I, I agree, but I'm assuming my thought process is they're both going to be back. Okay. I just can't I get I just don't trust that. That's why I'm ra- ranking my confidence as the Sabres making the playoffs. And this is going to be something that I think we're going to talk about a little bit more is the coaching carousel that's going on. And I'm looking at the the landscape of the Eastern Conference. You got an easy top 3 I think in the Atlantic, the Sabres division, which is Toronto, uh Tampa and Florida. Outside of that, it's a it's pretty much a crapshoot in my opinion for that fourth spot in the Atlantic. You got uh, Boston, who looks like they might be losing Bergeron. There's rumors of Pasternak uh, getting traded, losing Bergeron. I, I I thought I saw some retirement uh, talk there, so I don't know what's going on with him. They just lost their coach in Cassidy. They're just getting really really old. Um, and like their goaltending, I don't know if I really trust it that much. They they are just they're the opposite of the Sabres right now. I think if you if you look at like the lifespan of a team where you know if it's a hill and the top of the hill is their peak, they're like on the downslope of that. Maybe they're a little bit better than the Sabres, but the Sabres are climbing that hill and they have so much more upside and potential than the Bruins right now. And they're so much younger. I think they can play with a lot more energy. You know, you just see these older teams in the NHL that have kind of been, you know, through the grinder. They just kind of start to peter out. And I feel like the Bruins are at that point right now. That's fine. But what about the whole Metro division? Yeah, well, the Metro, I think there's a a, a solid top three as well. I think, you know, the Rangers, uh, Carolina, and uh, I mean, outside of those two, though, like you got Washington, you got Pittsburgh. Yeah, right? but you have the Islanders who probably like who are like had like a down year last year. Give me the Islanders, know. man. Like I just think that there's there's a wide open like outside of those five teams, uh, outside of Toronto, Tampa, Florida, Carolina, and the Rangers. I think the Sabres can compete with any of those other teams for the final three spots. Or sorry, for the final two, they'd have to take a wild card because one of those other teams is going to be in the Metro. But I think they could compete with an older. Pittsburgh team because that team's going to be different too. Like Melkin's probably not going to be on that team next year. Um, they're you know Crosby's getting older. Like that team is just not that good anymore. Uh, Washington, Washington's probably a little bit better, but I still think like they're not going to be as good as they were. Like they're all these teams are on the opposite side of the hill of the Sabers. So I think there's like in the East there's a prime there's a prime time for a kind of a changing of the guard on a playoff team. And I think the Sabres can take advantage if they make the right moves. Yeah. Okay. So, I mean, I don't necessarily disagree with you. And like I've said many times, like the Sabres should be competing maybe for an eighth spot next year. But I think if you're going to talk about all these other teams falling off, you also have to talk about the Sabres too. And I think it's, like we've talked about, like I think they're very much still in a rebuild, right? I think you can't rush that timeline like the expectations, if you put that on on them, right, as a fan, about I'm not how putting these expectations. Teams... The, the question is, what am I more confident in? Right, right. Yeah. But if I'm we're more... just talking about the, but if we're talking about just the hockey right now, and you're talking about these teams petering off, 
I don't know if the Sabres are making that next step yet. And that's kind of my, my side of it. Is, oh, I don't know. I don't know if they are either, but I just think if you're going to put a gun to my head and say like, the only way I survive is either if the Sabres make the playoffs or the Mets win the world series, I'm taking the Sabres making the playoffs. I think that they just have with, with the scenario there, you have a team that has to beat out what nine other teams basically versus a team that has to win the entire league. Right. I, I just, and I just think how it's positioned. I I, I think that the Sabres are going to be right there for a playoff spot. Will they get in? I don't know. Like if you're going to ask me if if they're going to make the playoffs or not, I'd say probably not. But if you're going to ask me if the Mets win the world series, I'm going to tell you probably not. So I just think it's like from you're comparing the two, I take my chances on the Sabres snagging a, a, one of the last playoff spots over an aging uh, Capitals, Penguins, or Bruins team versus the Mets going on a run when they're not sure if you're going to have DeGrom back. You're not sure what Church is going to be like. you got a whole 100 more games to play. Well, I'll tell you, you right teams. I'll tell you right now, you know what Scherzer is going to be like. I mean, if he comes back – Well, that's what I'm saying. When has he, he never like, been good when he's he, – he's, 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 I think before he came to the Mets, he had like a record for most. Like he's always been super healthy too. Like that's the thing. I, I well, then he comes why, to the Mets. Well, I'm just saying, but like that's the thing is, I he's going to be back. He's going to be back probably within the next couple of weeks as we're recording this. Degrom's supposed to be back by the All Star break. My mindset is those guys are both going to be back. They're going to. My mindset already right now, and another reason why the, I have the Mets as my first probability of most likely to happen in, in winning the World Series, and just above the Sabers as we're having this conversation right now is that my mind says the Mets have already made the playoffs. Uh, like I said, I think it's a catastrophic collapse if they miss the playoffs. If they miss the playoffs, that would be it, it'd be more than like a classic Mets scenario. It would it would be it would be bad with an extra wild card team. They're, you know, six five five and a half six games in in first place in the NL East right now. My mindset right now is the Mets have made the playoffs. So when they're in the playoffs and they have DeGrom and Scherzer, you're already in that final tournament of the year. You're already past everything. That's why I have them, you know, able to make this run and go on and world win the World Series because I already in my mindset, in my going into my confidence pool here of ranking these three in a row, I have them already winning or already in the playoffs and just having to get by, you know, the NL and then win the World Series. So that's why my my probability is a little bit higher for them to win the World Series than the Sabers making the playoffs. I'm taking a step back. We're still in a rebuild. I think we're going to be better than we were last year. I still think the East is going to be good. I'm not counting out the Caps, the Pens, and all these teams that have made runs for the past 10 years and they've been able to find ways with aging players on their teams every year to still make other moves to make their teams good. I'm trusting their front offices to do that. So I'm not going to count anything against them in that sense. I think those teams are still going to be there. Crosby was one of the best players last year. Alex Ovechkin was one of the best players in the league last year. Sure, they're aging, but that doesn't mean they're losing any of their game. Um, That's just where I'm at. I I think the Sabres are going to be better. I just don't know if they make the playoffs yet. I think they compete, and I think the Mets have already made the playoffs in my eyes. That's why I have them a little bit higher probability. As far as the Bills go, I think we're kind of on the same page with that. I mean, they've been knocking on the door for the past two years. They've only gotten better. Um, and, I mean, I don't know. They're, they're right there, and they're literally, you know, going to the AFC Championship basically two years in a row if you don't want to count last year as a, you know, as a fluke play that happened. So that's just my rankings. I got Mets winning the World Series one, Bills winning the Super Bowl two. And Sabres uh, making the playoffs three. And, and mind you, though, like like you said, like if you had to pick, are the Sabres going to make the playoffs? You'd probably say no. Or the Mets going to win the World Series? You'd probably say no. Like these three things are all, are all pretty, you know, 
similarly close together. Like it's not a landslide, at least in my eyes of one, two, and three, like you can make arguments for each of them being the most probable or the least probable. So, I mean, let, let us know what you guys think. Um, I, I mean, maybe you don't have to throw the Mets in there because maybe you're not a Mets fan, but in terms of the Sabres making the playoffs or the Bills winning the Super Bowl, what do you think is a better probability of going to happen this upcoming season? So let us know what you think. Um, give us your reasoning for that. Let us know what side you side on as well. But um, I don't know. Do you have anything else like to add on to your, your arguments before we kind of move on? No, I think I made a pretty solid argument. <laughs> All right. Well, there's that little hypothetical for you. Um, speaking of hockey, and I know Ethan, you kind of talked about it a little bit, there is a little bit of a coaching carousel going on in the NHL. Um, and so what happened this past week was what John Tortorella got the nod to the Philadelphia Flyers. I believe, I believe also Pete DeBoer, um, he, he was fired. I don't think we mentioned that on the, on the podcast the past two weeks from Vegas. He actually, I think just got hired by Dallas. So he's going to Dallas and then Bruce Cassidy. Eichel getting another coach fired. Yeah, classic. Eichel's going to be playing with his, what, like fourth or fifth coach since he's been in the league. Um, and then Bruce Cassidy was fired by the Bruins, who now I think was only out of a job for like five days before Vegas hired him. So um, Ristolainen getting a new coach in Philly, Eichel getting a new coach in Vegas. Reinhardt might be getting a new coach in Florida. Probably not, but they haven't, you know, announced Brunette as their as their guy yet, I, I wouldn't be, I would be very surprised if he wasn't signed on as the full-time head coach, but he was the interim coach this year after, uh, what's his name? Q coach Q, uh, was fired Quenville. earlier in the year, Quenville. So, um, yeah, so that's a little bit going on in the NHL. I did want to read this thing. Now that I'm saying about Tortorella being hired by Philly, which I don't know if you saw also, like, it's just kind of funny seeing Tortorella back in the league now, um, it just it just seems like players in the league have such a mixed reaction on this guy. And Brandon Dubinsky, uh, longtime Columbus Blue Jacket, longtime uh, player for Coach Tortorella back when he was on the Blue Jackets. It was just funny because when Tortorella got hired, Dubinsky tweeted out, like, pray for all the Flyers players. Um, it just seems like this guy's a nutcase. And now with him being hired, I've heard a ton of stories about him from former NHL players, just funny stories of him coming back. I don't know if he fits really into this era now in the NHL like I remember when the Sabres had their vacancy and you know especially dad being the old school guy he is like he really wanted you know the Sabres to get Tortorella I think both you and I were like no we don't want this guy I just don't think he is right for this you know time in the league now I, I just think he's past his prime yeah. so I don't know we'll see how it goes um with Philly it, with, with Philly for Tortorella but Rasmus Ristolainen, Alliance since he's been in the league he has had one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. This will be his ninth coach. Ron Rolston, Ted Nolan, Dan Belsma, Phil Housley, Ralph Kruger, Don Granado, Elaine Vignon, Mike Yo, and John Tortorella, all since he's been in the league. Um, I just think that's hilarious. And I also just think that Risto and Tortorella aren't really going to get along either. I can see them button heads a lot. So, yeah, this isn't like a Philly talk show or anything, but just a funny little stat there from Risto Line and just having literally every coach in the league since he's been um, in the NHL. Yeah. Um, but little NHL coaching update there for you. I don't know if you had anything else to add on that. No, I mean, just, just interesting to see all the, all the changes have. It's, it's funny because a lot of those teams that you rattled off there, I guess the flyers not, but those were all and Vegas isn't, but kind of, it's like, those are all playoff teams. So it's usually you see like the bottom feeders that are, making all yeah. these moves. And I, I still, I don't have it off the top of my head, but I still think there's a good amount of vacancies out there. There's still like five coaching vacancies out there, I think. And Barry Trotz is still on the board and, and 
I think it's another funny thing from Philly is I don't know how true this is. My buddy who's a Philly fan just told me this, but apparently they basically were like, Hey, Trotz, here's a blank check, write whatever you want on it. We'll hire you. And Trotz didn't want to go there. (laughs) So, yeah, I mean, that's probably one of the, one of the worst spots to be in right now. That team is kind of a mess, but yeah, so I I think Winnipeg's still open. Um, Oh, I guess. And then the other ones I'm talking about, I think I saw the other night were Florida still, still technically open and so is um, Edmonton still technically open, but both those guys will probably and Boston right get the full time job. Yeah, and then Boston's open, and then I, I don't know, I might be missing a couple other, but I feel like there were kind of a lot of firings this year, as there I guess always is. Well, I did see I did see Montreal sign St. Louis. Full-time. Yeah, that was a while ago, so yeah, he got the full time job there. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so I guess we'll look out for the coaching. Um, and and then also when does like Sabers. When does like free agency start for like the NHL? Is it like after it's July thirteenth? July thirteenth this year. When's the draft? Do we know that? The draft is uh I believe it's coming up here. Yeah, it's uh Thursday, July seventh. So then after the draft is when everything kind of gets rolling. Yeah, so the draft is is Thursday the seventh, and then free agency opens the week after on that uh, that Wednesday. So it's literally like the week after after the draft. Free agency is open. All right, so we'll keep our eyes out for that. Um, speaking of hockey, uh, some more here. Stanley Cup final. I guess we'll talk about that for a little bit before we sign off here. Um, and I guess Ethan, I mean, I'll throw it over to you. We'll, you know, before we did before the playoffs started, we did our round one predictions as well as our Mm -hmm. cup final prediction. I predicted Calgary to beat Tampa in the final Calgary, obviously limited in the second round. I'm going to give myself a pat on the back for seeing Tampa to go to the final. But you know, when I'm on the podcast with you here who had a different prediction, it doesn't look as good. So why don't you tell the people you had? Well, I had Colorado over Tampa and I saw that from a million miles away. (laughs) I know you guys are all like you and dad were like, Oh yeah, you're picking, you know, the best team in the West to beat the reigning cup champion. I'm like, okay, but I'm going to be right. (laughs) So, so yeah, I mean, yours is looking good. Colorado, obviously up 2-0, stomp Tampa in game two. Um, I'm not like, this is the thing. I'm not confident yet though. Like, okay, we've seen this with Tampa. I'm glad you're saying that because I don't have really a rooting interest here. I don't care if Colorado wins. Do I really care if Tampa wins three in a row? I know some people will be pissed about that. I honestly don't care. It's, Kind of honestly cool, and I like a lot of players on Tampa's team. Love Nick Paul on Tampa. By the way, I want the Sabres to sign him. That's neither here nor there. I just think that a lot of people out there right now are still, like, we get, like, Colorado's been dominating this the first two games. I get it. As, as much as you watch these games, you can watch them, and you have no reason to think Tampa has any hope. But you cannot count this team out yet. I don't care if they lost 20 to nothing last game. It was 7 nothing. I don't care if they lost 25 nothing the amount of people I feel like where they're just writing Tampa off already is especially going back home, right? They can win two at home. It's a two, two series, right? You know, right then and there. Um, does it look like Colorado's dominating and could, you know, win this in four games? I wouldn't be surprised if that happens, but I just think that there's a lot of people out there that aren't giving Tampa yeah. their props. So I'm glad I mean, that you kind of said that still. Yeah. The, the reigning champs for a reason. Um, they, they went down against the Rangers two Oh, right. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, you're right. Like, it doesn't matter how bad you get beat in one game because, I mean, you only can lose the game. So every game's a new game. The famous saying is, you know, the series doesn't start until you win on the road. 
So like you're saying, you know, if Tampa takes both of these games at home, which I also believe, like having said that, they need to win both of these games at home, I think, for them to have a chance in the series. Like this is – I don't I don't think they can lose this game and still win. Win it all. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't – I think that goes without saying. I, 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 I will say, though, I, I do agree if they lose this next game, it's over. But I, I, I'm also – I still have this just weird in my mind where until it's 4-0 – until until Colorado's won four or any team that's playing time, until that team's won four games and there's zeros on that clock, this team's never out of it. So right now is the logical thing to think that Colorado's just gonna pump them for the rest of the series. Absolutely. If you watch the games, you'd think that. But you just you just can't count Tampa out yet. So should be a great rest of the series. Hopefully it is a little bit more competitive these next two games. And again, like I said, I don't have any re- reason to believe it's not going to be. I think I mean Vasilevsky, yeah. I mean, you got seven goals against last game Tampa didn't play well I mean this guy is the best goal in the league you can never count him out as well so hopefully it's a little more competitive um but we'll see how that goes I will say though it is it's a little bit of like a scouting thing here I you know watching Colorado and Nachuskin and Birkowski have been two of Colorado's best players in this in this series so far and they're both UFAs at the end of the year both guys who I think have had rumblings with you know Sabres beat reporters and people of that nature of you know if they want to sign them or not I would love a guy like Nchuskin. I think he's been unreal in the playoffs, and he's just kind of like a big body, skilled guy. So it's just it's just fun looking at some of these guys that are playing in the final that are going to be UFAs. There's going to be a bunch of them. So um, those are two guys that I've been looking at for Colorado, as well as I said Nick Paul on on Tampa, who I like a lot as well. But um, last little nugget about the Cup final. Also, no matter what happens, if if Tampa wins, crazy, it'd be Pat Maroon's fourth cup in a row, right? Because he won with St. Louis, and then he went yeah. back-to-back with Tampa, and then he would win four in a row, which is just insane. If Tampa loses, Corey Perry would be his third final cup loss in a row. He lost uh, oh, against wow. he lost against Dallas, or sorry, he was on Dallas, lost against Tampa. He was on Montreal, lost against Tampa. <laughs> Goes to Tampa, now he might lose against Colorado. So it's almost like the Corey Perry curse, kind of like uh, Hosa back in the day. But yeah. Yeah, at least he got one with Anaheim, so I mean, it's not like he doesn't have any, but it's just a uh, little nugget there, whatever happens, you know, Maroon could get four in a row or Perry could lose three in a row, but um, that's just a little bit of a cup final talk. I don't are you on the, uh, here, are you but... on the train that you think that I've been seeing this a lot too. And I don't know if I agree with it, that people are now saying that Kale McCarr is better than McDavid and he's the best player in the league. I don't agree with that. I mean, we did our two weeks ago or whatever, the last time we were on together, I think we power ranked our best five players in the league and you know how high I am on McCarr. I think yeah. I had him as like the third or fourth best player in the league. I think it's crazy to say he's better than McDavid. Yeah, I agree. I, I don't. Mean, he I, is unbelievable, though. He he scored. He he literally is a a fourth forward when he plays, and he's just as good defensively. He scored at a rate of a you know a top six forward this year. He had twenty seven goals in the regular season. So it's crazy how good he is, and he is. I think he is a top five player. I don't think you can put him past McDavid yet. That guy's just on another level. Yeah, and it's I don't know. It's hard for me to even put him past McKinnon. He probably is, but I I love McKinnon. I think McKinnon's so sick. So yeah, they're both. I mean, they're both so good. It's it's like one A one B if anything, but not better than McDavid in my opinion. So um, you got anything else before we sign off here? No. All right. Well, that's episode one hundred thirty nine of the podcast again guys let us know if you have any topics for us to talk about we like doing our little snake draft so let us know what you want to talk about there um training camp for the bills will be starting in a few months i believe and it's coming back to rochester so that'll be kind of cool maybe i can hit a couple of those up um other than that go bills go savers as always and we will talk to you next week her name is noel i have a dream